Welcome back to another episode of the Empowerful Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Jeremy Kerrigan. I'm the host, and today we've got a really great guest, Carla Kay. Carla's an author, um, also does a lot of work in the emotional healing realm. So Carla, welcome on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We're glad to have you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what yeah. you do. So I am an author, a book titled Grief, the Universal Emotion of Loss. I am a holistic grief coach, and a lot of times people ask me, well, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit of life coaching, grief counseling, as well as some of the other modalities I use are yoga, mindfulness, breath work, and Reiki. I love that. Yeah, because grief, I don't think there's a lot of help in the grief realm. You know, some people will do counseling, but yes. there's not a lot of their known resources out there for people. Right. And as you know, grief is mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. So it really encompasses everything. And that's why I'm, I believe in kind of treating people holistically so that they can understand that maybe the tightness in their chest or the headaches or some of the other things that they might be having experiencing physically can also be related to grief. Absolutely. Yeah. When the brain is in a stressed state, it affects every system of the body. Every system of the body. It's really interesting as a chiropractor, I see that as a a common thing where people aren't healing as they, as we would expect, you know, say they're young and active and healthy, but their body's not staying in alignment. It's not healing. Often there's some sort of emotional component to mm-hmm. it that once they address that, working with people like yourself, their spine stays in place longer and they yes. heal more thoroughly. Yeah, it's so important to really to treat our m- mental and emotional health, health and well-being, uh, because that just affects so much in the body. And our, our cells remember, right? Absolutely. So our cells yeah. are listening and they remember the trauma or the incident that might have taken place 10 years ago. 10, 20, 30, right. whatever yeah. it happens to be. Yep. Definitely. There's a guy named Bruce Lipton. Are you familiar with Bruce I Lipton? I am. I am familiar. One of my favorite quotes by him, he said, a cell cannot be in growth and survival mode at the same time. Right. And if our cells yeah. are in that survival mode, they're not growing and thriving in the organism. Us is the same. If we're in survival mode, we're really not growing. And a lot of people get stuck in that when they're experiencing grief or have experienced grief or a loss, they get stuck in survival mode, not knowing how to move forward and to start growing again. Right. And just continuing to kind of do or stay busy. And in that survival mode, it's trying to to do life. Right. Just get things done, do the tasks versus really, truly living life. Yeah. And being, you know, we're we're spiritual beings, emotional beings, and we, um, you know, truly being right with with all of it. Yeah. Instead of just existing, we're being present. Being, yeah, I love that. What are uh, what are some ways that like people that experience? Let me rephrase that. People that experienced loss a while ago, what are some ways they know that it's still affecting them or holding them back? You know, what's the like, I don't know, criteria that you would say that people recognize like, oh, maybe I need to work on this. Yeah. You know, first of all, I I believe that a lot of people, when they say, when I, when they hear I'm a holistic grief coach, they, oh, well, I don't have grief in my life. So, you know, I would never, I've never experienced a death. 
Oh, sure. We have to understand first that grief is from, um, you know, molestation. It could be from rape. It could be from some sort of violence. It could be from loss of a job, loss of a home, loss of a relationship. Sure. It can be several different things. So, you know, oftentimes people will come in because maybe they did lose a spouse. Yet underneath that, we might be working on something again from 10, 20, 30 years ago that is coming up that is also that they can understand kind of their learned behaviors. A lot of us have, have, have learned behaviors of shutting down, shutting down and shutting off, freeze, and, and we, we continue the cycle. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it's wherever we experience loss. I like the way you describe that. Like grief is, has to do with loss. We think of death, but it's, it can yeah. be loss of what we expected our life to be. Right. We expected to get married and stay married and yeah. now we're divorced. We right. expected our parents to be, you know, supportive and they don't. They may have, you know, disowned or we've lost in some way people that are still I think that's even a harder grief is when you're mourning the loss of someone that's still there but isn't there, right. you know? But recognizing that, like the first time we experience loss in life, we develop ways of dealing mm-hmm. with it that may not be the healthiest for us. They're survival techniques and not thriving techniques. And then when we experience subsequent loss, we're going to use those same resources naturally and we may not be responding in the best way. So helping someone like you helped us correct those, right, can be really key. Yeah. Uh, You know, awareness, I always tell my clients, awareness is the first step. Sure. (laughs) So once we have that awareness, it's, it's putting other things into place. So if people don't know they're still struggling with grief, what are ways it shows up? You know, I would feel, I would imagine feeling stuck, feeling frustrated or some of those. What are some other ways that people feel, feel grief, but don't know they feel grief? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, they, they just, again, they, they don't have any hope. Sure. <laughs> a lot of them don't feel very hopeless and like, you know, they're just struggling. They continue to struggle in in several different areas of their life. Sure. And again, um, you know, feeling stuck is one, is one of them. I often, for me, as I went through my my experience of of a near death experience, and and as I moved through my journey, my spiritual um, grief process, I really found that so much of grief is really losing ourselves, right? And sure. and if we can find ways to just reconnect with ourselves, so much can can open up for us. And if we can, you know, I I I for one when I was going through some things, I I kind of just out of nowhere decided to stop, look within listen, breathe, feel, and let it go. And so, you know, I might have anxiety come in and I'm able to find where it is in my body, stop, look within, feel, see where it's in my body, breathe, and let it go. Right. Well, I feel like when we are you mentioned this earlier, we put our energy into other things, distractions and stuff. We mm, get disconnected. Yes. From ourselves. And part of it is because we define ourselves about based off of external things. We right. define ourselves by the people in our lives, by yeah. the careers, by right. the homes, 
instead of just we by ourselves have are defined by that, right? We yeah. we keep it external instead of internal. And so when an external thing is gone, we start for losing who we thought we, we were. were. Right. And so being able to check in and who am I really, especially yeah. if loss happens at a really early age. I know mm-hmm. it's really challenging because people don't have time to figure out who they are before the loss. Say, you know, loss is a toddler or something. Then they're trying to figure out who, well, who do I want to be? You know, right. where do I want to exist in this world? So I love those thoughts you said about, you know, feeling stuck, feeling like frustrated in multiple aspects of life. One of the things I was thinking about was people who being yourself, you have certain things you enjoy. And if you're not finding joy in those certain right. things anymore, yes. you're finding yourself doing less and less of them and being more and more distracted. Yeah. You, we may be holding on to some grief that we didn't know about that or could have right. been a long time ago. Yeah, we can um, kind of stop taking care of ourselves, right? Absolutely. Reach for those ways to eat, to smoke, to drink, to sure. anything to numb. You know, it could be shopping, it could be going online, it could be several different things, but we tend to reach outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. As a yoga teacher, I've always told, you know, told people come home. Sure. <laughs> home is inside of you. <laughs> So let's just get back home. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, come back home. Yeah. Well, and even health healthy things can be that. You know, people go spending right. hours at the gym every day or mm-hmm. obsessing over yeah, something like absolutely. that can be distracting. Can from be something distracting. Inside. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And uh, you know, I've I've a couple of times when people have lost someone. Um, I'll ask them how they're doing. Oh, I'm fine. And then I'll say. And how are you really doing? Mm. And then the tears come because yep. it's like, you know, it's someone else seeing you. Absolutely. Well, and that second question makes you stop and think. Because people ask us all day long, the grocery cashier is saying, how are you doing today? Uh, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. We just have this n- automatic, automatic. In programmed response. Yes. But when you ask the second time, how are yeah. you really doing? Like it, right. it stops people and they have to actually face it. Yes. They have to see that. And you do get a much more yeah. real answer. I actually talk about that in my book. Nice. You know, about how different it would be if we actually shared with each other. Oh, you sure. know, today I'm I'm heavy hearted. I'm really missing my husband or my daughter that died or just just sharing and connecting with someone else how sure. we actually feel. When, when I was a kid, my parents, uh, my older brother died in an accident. So I was a, like a toddler at the time, but my parents went for years to a group called Compassionate Friends. Yes. And they it was great support. It was people that had experienced loss and grief. They're just talking and sharing that experience, sharing what they were feeling that week or that day, which actually I want to ask you a question about this mm-hmm. is I think part of the reason we don't share is because people don't know what to say. Oh, so true. What do we say? So, true. so your yeah. friend comes up and they're like, I am missing my you know spouse that yeah. died three years ago. What, how do you respond to that in a way that helps them yeah. know that you hear them? And know that you recognize what they're going through. You know, so a lot of different things. I tell people you got to kind of find your own. You could simply reflect by saying, I hear that you're really missing your husband today or a child. Um, You can just look them in the eyes and say, thank you for sharing. Or tell me more. 
and just just slowing down is the biggest thing. Being present with just them. Just slowing down. Mm-hmm. I at my um the funeral for my husband and daughter who died, I can remember a couple hundred people being there. And so many people I can remember just I was in a wheelchair at the time, so I can remember just hugging people and hugging people and hugging people because people were coming up wrapping their arms around me. Sure. And I, out of all of those couple hundred people who were there, I remember one person. Really? And it was a very dear friend of mine who came in front of me, simply put her hands in prayer, looked at me in the eye for a few seconds, bowed her head, and then left and walked off. And she is the one person I remember. I can also remember, you know, I can remember a time when I, I actually had started a nonprofit to help people sudden, with people with sudden loss afterwards. And I can remember being with a Spanish family, and I didn't speak Spanish. <laughs> and there was a young daughter, um, a woman and her husband had lost a daughter in a car accident. And there was their, their other daughter who was translating for us. Yet there was just this, there wasn't even any words there was me and her holding hands mm. <laughs> and looking in each, to each other's eyes. Sure. And it was actually connecting, connecting and no words needed to be, sure. to be, you know, said. Um, oftentimes when people come into my office, it's because maybe they have seen a lot of different counselors. Sure. And they're... Um, looking for someone who has actually lost a child or lost a spouse. Who understands. Um, yeah. 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 Well, and that it, people will think too much about what do I say? Or I don't know what to say in this right. situation. It yeah. doesn't matter too much. Yeah. I mean, there are wrong right. things to yes. say. We won't go into those, but yeah. we've all heard them, but like being yeah. present and being connected and that right. where she got down on your level and looked in your eyes and was yeah. just there and you knew yeah. she was there right. for you. has been memorable these right. years later, yeah. you know? And that's the key is being present. I like one of the things you said, you know, like, tell me more. Or one of the, if you didn't know the person, sometimes even saying, well, tell me a little bit about him. What was he like? Yeah. You know, and being able to share someone that's important. It's really cool to, I was just sharing this with a patient today, actually in the office. I said, one of my favorite things is to ask people about their family because their face and their, their life changes, you know, like not their life, but their, the, the light changes, if you will. When they're, especially when they're close to their family or have these child experiences that are positive, they're going to just light up and tell you all about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you'd love to have any opportunities to talk about your husband Definitely. and your daughter and to share their stories. It helps yes. you still feel connected to them and it lets that new person feel connected to you too. So right. asking and just, again, being present and just asking more and mm-hmm. being there with them is a really right. key. So. Right. You know, oftentimes... Um, when someone is not sure about what to say, it's because they're almost afraid that if that person opens up, what's that going to do with their, their own grief, right? Oh, sure. <laughs> Oftentimes they're just a little bit scared of that. 
we are. Most people walk around <laughs> carrying stuff that they don't want to unpack, you know? And yeah. I actually chatted, chatted with a friend a few months ago and she's like, I have way too much. I don't even want to go there, you know? And as she, cause she, she let a little bit out. You could right. see her not oh, sure yeah. she could hold herself together anymore. Yeah. You know, we have that yeah. strong desire to hold this strong persona together and be strong. And it's like, we don't have to be, we can break yeah. down at times Yeah, and it's, totally okay yeah. and you're going to build yourself back together right and with love and supports and like i think you hit on a really cool point people find you because they want someone who understands what it's like someone mm-hmm. who's lost like that before and right. the more vulnerable counselors therapists and healers are the more they're going to connect with their potential clients and yes. people are going to feel comfortable there yes yes the no the heart is the where self-discovery happens. <laughs> right. As we discover ourselves and share that truly with other people, it's really cool that the connections made. Right. I feel like some of my closest friends are friends that were born, if you will, in tough situations. People mm-hmm. that we've bonded over hardships right. um, that we both may have shared or we've had similar experiences that just makes me connect with them more and feel like, oh, they really understand me more yes. than someone else. Yes. And I do believe the more authentic we are, the more someone had asked me the other days, so I'm, I'm going on, on almost 20 years of my okay. husband and daughter being gone. And uh, someone asked me, well, you, you don't get over it. You don't get past it. And oftentimes I'll tell people, you know, it's not something to get over. First of all, sure. I'm not going to wave a magic wand in two sessions and you're going to be better. Right. Um, it is something that you get through and you can get through to, and to thriving, sure. right? To thriving and to living. Yet if we aren't, if we're constantly shutting down, we're, we're not going to be in that, that mode to be able to thrive. Right. Uh, so being authentic, um, I shared my story lots of times. I've cried in front of many people. I can remember an experience um, within the first few months. I went shopping at Christmas time, and I just started shopping for my my husband automatically. Oh, and sure. I realized, what am I doing? And I'm in a department store, and I'm shopping for my husband who's not, what, what am I doing? And I remember I just sat down and cried and people walked around me and like, uh, does she need help? Sure. <laughs> you know, Someone help her, please. <laughs> sure. And I was like, I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah. This is, this is, I'm exactly where I'm in the perfect place at the perfect time, which sure. is for me, even as I experienced, you know, I was the driver in the car so I was the driver where my, you know, my husband, my daughter, and my oldest daughter who survived, her best friend also died. Oh, so I was driving, three people died, the guilt and all sure. of that. But I, I really do believe that I was in the perfect place at the perfect time. You were right where you were supposed to be. Right where I yeah. was supposed to be. And then, you know, I was right where I was supposed to be connecting with other people and writing a book and becoming a yoga teacher and, and the many giving people you're some able talks to help. And, yeah. and years later, I'm the perfect place at the perfect time with three beautiful grandchildren awesome. being a Gigi and nice. a girlfriend and dog mom. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So again, thriving. I mean, we right. can, but we, it all starts with the heart, right? We have to open that heart and be, be a little vulnerable and yes. share. Yeah. Yeah. Real, 
Well, in giving ourselves permission, I love that you sat there in the store and gave yourself permission yeah. to cry. Yeah. Instead of like <laughs> hiding it or shoving it down or running out of the store, you just let yeah. it feel yourself feel that. The other thing I was going to say is like, no one would sign up for what you went through. No one would be like, oh yeah, please give me that. You know, <laughs> I love that though. You're, you're almost grateful for it because I'm it's so great. You can't change it. You can't go back right. and make it happen. We could be yeah. sad about it and we, there is grief in it. Or we can see where it takes us and the things that it's helped you then help other people is profound. You know, having lost a brother at a young age, I've experienced a lot of different things from that. Yeah. Emotional things, years of anxiety, depression, other effects of it. And I've got to a place in life where I'm I'm actually really grateful for it because it makes me a better chiropractor. Yeah. Better able to understand my patients. It makes me a better friend to people that are struggling and as I've opened up and been vulnerable, it's really cool what people will share back, you know, right. I'm very, I'm not, I shouldn't say careful, but I, I'm pretty picky about the times where I share my deeper experiences. Mm-hmm. And anytime I've felt inspired to share an experience I've had with depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts, it's really cool how like the person on the other end will then start sharing right. and I've given them space to then be able to experience their own emotions, which doesn't happen a lot in this world. We're not really given space to experience yeah. those and right. to hear, you know, grown, strong men sharing their breakdowns, their weaknesses, and their times where they thought about giving up in a way that they feel comfortable doing so. And then watching them go forward from there and starting to thrive more and not right. be in survival mode. Right. Like that makes me so grateful for the loss mm-hmm. I've experienced even though I wouldn't sign up for it again. Yeah. Right. Right. So, right. Cause we can't change the past. And that's such yeah. an important thing. We can change the future. And I really feel like my brother, your husband, your daughter wouldn't want us to spend our lives in grief and misery. They'd want us to be out there living life. And that's one of the important driver for me is like, I need to live my best life to honor them right. and what they've yeah. went through too. And so as we get out there and we do that, we're going to be able to connect with them more than holding on to the version of them that we've lost. Definitely. I was actually sharing with a client today that um, in having the near-death experience and crossing over with my husband and daughter, there was just nothing, nothing but light and love. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe that, uh, you know, they had placed their hands on my back and said, you know, you, you can't stay here. You have more to do. You have to go back. I remember begging, sure. please, I don't want to go back. Um, yet, you know, I think I felt like I, all of these things I had to do, you know, to do again, to, to go back. Um, yet it was really about coming back and getting back to that joy and to that thriving and again that honoring and and a lot of that as you know um it could have happened without the sadness and the depression and the loneliness and the self-sabotage or the self-punishment that I did or the overwhelm that I felt um for all of those things to happen I could have harmony and hope and um peace and so you know surrender to to that type of life we need the hardships that makes us stronger and teaches us and we wouldn't if life was easy we really wouldn't appreciate it at all and having those hardships and having to claw our way back or learn to walk again learn to do all these things gives you strength that people who didn't have to don't have you know yeah puts you in the right place to help and lift other people 
Absolutely. I think it's so cool. And we'll wrap up here today. We'll have to have you back on because I'm loving our discussions (laughs) here, but like it's the, the story we have and what we've been through is so unique and is given as a gift to help other people. You know, there's so often, I feel like I've been given experiences so I could then turn around and lift somebody else. And Mm so I just wanted to say to anyone listening, like Mm -hmm. if you have a story, you've been through struggle and challenge, like other people need to hear that. It's so valuable as we share We live in a society where we put on fake facades. Mm -hmm. We drive the nice clean car, brand new. Everything looks great. The front lawn's manicured. The back lawn looks like garbage. You know, (laughs) like there's so much of this like need to give an appearance. And it's it's so detrimental to connecting as a community. And as we're vulnerable and open, we're really going to grow together as a community of people, whether that be our neighbors, our friends, or just even random people we meet on the street sometimes that... I feel like God's putting in our way for us to impact. Absolutely. Any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to share? Go over the title of your book again, too, so people want to learn more. The title of the book is called Grief, the Universal Emotion of Loss. And I wrote it to kind of shift the paradigm on grief and loss. I think a lot of people think grief is linear. It's it's kind of steps and stages that sure. we go through and we're finally going to get to acceptance and we're going to be good. And we're done from there on out, right? <laughs> so I kind mm-hmm. of explain that it's just clusters and layers. Sure. I have seven clusters and 11 layers in the book. Um, yet, you know, you can make up your own seven and clusters and sure. 11 layers or come up with your, your, your own um, thing, you know, your own process. I ha- actually had a the client said, well, I've labeled my grief with numbers. And so when someone asks me how I'm doing, I tell them I'm a four. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so one of the things that so many people have said that they love about the book is it's an easy read. It's, you know, an hour, hour and a half long. It's not that long of a book. Um, Yet some people say, Oh, I've actually had a couple of clients say, well, I just carry it at work. And whenever I'm having a bad day, I actually haven't read your book cover to cover. I just turn to a page and look down, get inspiration to go back to work. Oh, that's beautiful. So it's yeah. not a book that you have to read cover to cover. Sure. Just simply turn the page and you'll you'll get something from Little it. nuggets on every yeah. page to yeah. help. I love that. So if you're feeling stuck in grief, feeling grief from a long time ago, definitely check out Carla's book. But thanks again for being on here. This was a wonderful oh, discussion. Thank you. This was a my beautiful first experience, Dr. Excellent. J, of you being on a fantastic. podcast. Thank so, you. Excellent. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening and tune in for our next podcast. <laughs>